Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. Tonight, I've got my uh, co-pilot, David Glinky, joining me, and we are going to be taking a look at a pastor here in Southern California who I, he's calling us out. He's, he's upset with us, and he's, he's telling us that we're on the wrong side of history, basically. This isn't my first run-in with him. I've tried to reach out to him to no avail, um, but I'm going to let his word speak for him, him and, and then you're going to be the judge of it. Uh, so you really want to stick around because this is where we are today in America. It's what Vody Bachman calls the fault line, the woke church versus the churches that are standing in defiance to tyranny. And they think we're wrong, and, well, Scripture says they're wrong, but we'll cover that tonight. So tune in. We'll see you in a bit. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. My country tears of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph, so help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Good evening, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. And as I said in the opening, uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, a pastor in Southern California. But before we get to that, I want to share with you that we have a wonderful guest coming on Monday night at 6 p.m. So Monday, June 28th, 6 p.m. Uh, this pastor is, uh, well, I, I, honestly, he's a hero. Yes. I, I'm so looking forward to meeting him. I can't believe that we have the privilege of having him come here. It's Pastor Archer Pulowski, and uh, if, folks, if you don't know who he is, uh, I got a video for you. This is a brave man who stood in opposition in Canada to the tyranny of them declaring the church to be non-essential, and he continued to have services. And in Canada, their death rate uh, for the virus is substantially less than ours. Uh, they, they haven't had the Fauci ouchie, uh, <laughs> that's what we're calling it now, uh, and, and, but yet their death rate's far lower. And, and there's no justification for the shutdown. They, their religious liberty clause in their founding documents is as strong, if not stronger, than our First Amendment. So he's standing by the laws of the land. 
and then the, the Jack Boot police come in to arrest him. You probably saw that video. We're not going to show it because it's two minutes long, but he's telling him to get out of the church. Right. Well, so these cowards waited until he was out of the church, driving on the freeway, and this is what they did to him. Take a look at this insanity. I am to place both of them under arrest for reaching the Queen's bench order. How do you feel being a Nazi now? Well, then we got a gangster here. How do you how do you feel Wanna being be a Nazi and breaking the Gestapo? What's his uh, officer? What's your name and uh, number? I'm asking you. Sorry. I'm what's asking your name you. and number, please? Five two three. Whoa! Stop. Unbelievable what they're doing to this guy. And, and this is a man who survived uh, the Eastern Bloc communist nations, immigrated for freedom, came to Canada, didn't make it to the U.S., came to Canada, is a faithful preacher of the gospel, and they arrest him for worshiping and having church services. Yeah. I saw the one interview with him, and he says, I've seen the movie before, now you're playing it again for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know the ending. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's, it's also like Joseph Bondarenko, who says, yeah. you know, I've seen this movie, I know how it ends. Yeah. Uh, th these are guys that have survived it, and they're saying to Canada and America, this is crazy, you don't understand what's happening. Yeah. So, uh, inspiring to us, uh, awakening Americans, we're watching as critical race theory is infusing every vestige, and we've been covering it, and then, of course, as we know, uh, all three services on Sunday, we're going to have Dr. James Lindsay coming out, and he's going to be dealing with critical race theory. Um, and we're watching it implemented in the Conejo Unified School District. Yeah. And across the country. And it's in our military. It's in the, uh, it's, it's in the NFL, the, the MLB. It, it, it's everywhere. Yeah. Every hall, all the halls of, of, of government. We had the event last Monday with all the school stuff coming up. And the thing that we keep on emphasizing is get educated, get knowledgeable, because that will equip you to be able to make wise decisions for your kids, your community going forward. So the opportunities that are provided on Sunday and Monday are opportunities for people to get educated. We're yeah. not telling you how to think. We're giving you the information so you can make wise decisions going and, forward. And didn't you set up at Cafe Novo, didn't you set up for 30 people? Uh, they were expecting 30 people. Amy set up for 30 people. We had chairs out for 30. and. We lost count at 235 people, and there are people there that want to be soldiers going forward and, and make a difference in our community. Like you said from the very beginning, it's amazing how we're going back to the school board level yeah. and saying we need to make a difference at that level, yeah. almost more importantly than some of the higher-up levels. Well, and we're also watching, too, as teachers, counselors, and administrators were attending that meeting, and there's a large portion of them in the Conejo Unified School District that are rising up and saying, we're not allowing, this is, this is terrible, it is divisive, it's racist, and it's wrong. Yeah. And yet we still have churches in America that are defending this. Yeah. And I want to say uh, thanks to the teachers that stand up because that's... That's brave. They're going yeah. to they're, they're lose their jobs. Yeah. yeah. Th this is requiring bravery. Yeah. And, and most pastors think that peace is the absence of conflict and let of, unless, uh, instead of contending with... Uh, ideology that seeks to enslave and destroy people's lives. Yeah. As you're watching one minister stand in opposition being taken to jail. Right. 
you, you currently have people in Washington, D.C. in solitary confinement, haven't been brought before a jury, haven't been tried, and they're being held in, in no visitors for supposedly an insurrection on January 6th that we're now seeing FBI agents were inside as we were yeah. watching that on Tucker and a number of other things. What's, David, what's, I, I know the answer in, in, in my position, but I, I want to ask you, just as a layman, what's, what should the position of the church be in a day and age like this? Should we just comply to the authorities? Now, granted, you've been si sitting under the teaching, <laughs> not speak, but I mean, well, you obviously, know, it, was there a time in your life where you thought that or yeah, help me? Well, uh, two things I think is, number one, is we either stand up now or we end up being on a freeway overpass being drugged. The other thing that always comes back to me is uh, that left behind, that old movie made in the 1970s where the pastor's sitting there going, what did I do wrong? Because he's not being pulled up. He's going, what did I do wrong? Why didn't I get? And I think that what I've seen over the last 18 months that we've been doing this, we teach the truth, we learn the truth, we equip people with the truth. And I know we don't use the word feelings here, but I feel very strongly that even though that we might be in the minority, I've never felt stronger about being in the minority yeah. because that equips us. And when I talk to, unfortunately, pastors from other churches or I watch it, I don't see that sense of fortitude in their communication. It doesn't feel strong. I can't find the strip scriptural or governmental constitutional pieces that support their arguments. Yeah. And especially, so, especially Hebrews 10.25, that's do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints. Right. Now, I want to go back. Um, in, in the middle of all of this, uh, there was a, a, a YouTube video that came out by a disgruntled volunteer at the church that I'll be describing momentarily. And, and, this, and, and I, I was stunned by it. It's the mm -hmm. flagship church of the Calvary Chapels. Pastor Chuck Smith, this was Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. And and this is what started the Calvary movement, and as we know, Pastor Chuck's gone on to be with the Lord, and his son-in-law Brian Broderson is now the pastor of that church. Brian broke away from the Calvary Chapel, started his own group of churches, and uh, and and he he had all the assets and resources from what Chuck had done, and he still had possession of you know the the Bible College and the castle in Austria or wherever it is. I've never been there. And there's properties around the world. So he was sitting on a pretty large nest egg, and he breaks away from the Calvary movement. He's disgruntled and not content with it. His choice, I, and, and I, I don't know all that was involved mm -hmm. in that. Well, I saw this video, and it was sent to me again, and I got duped on this one. It was sent to me by somebody I considered reliable, and I played it. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine who's a pastor in the Calvary Chapel, who's a friend of Brian Broderson, and I'll leave his name out because he didn't need to be in the middle of the fray, but he, he did reach out and bless his heart because if a brother offends you, go to him. And he mm -hmm. did that. He came to me. And he said, Rob, I saw your interview on YouTube where uh, the accusation against Calvary Chapel, uh, Costa Mesa supporting Black Lives Matter on their website. I think someone fed you some wrong information. I searched their website. No such mention. If I'm missing it, please send me the link. If not, uh, bro, I would expect you to do uh, more fact-checking before accusing a brother. And he's absolutely right. I think you owe Brian a public apology, which I did. Mm -hmm. Never heard from him. Uh, I think you owe Brian a public apology. I love you, Rob, but don't shoot your teammates. Amen. Uh, hope you have a blessed Sunday tomorrow. Again, if I'm wrong, please send me the link with the info. I could not find it on the Calvary Chapel 
uh, Costa Mesa website anywhere. And <clears throat> I, I went back, based on the, the video and the accusations of the individual from the person that sent it, and I agreed. I couldn't find it. I publicly apologized. Tried to call Brian, couldn't get a cell number, couldn't get through the layers of the onion. Never heard from him, but I did the best I could. Tomorrow, on James Cadiz, Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill, he's going to be showing the video clips. He says, I have video of Brian Broderson marching side by side for social justice, no mask, no social distancing. Another of him uh, going uh, on about white privilege and one of him call, uh, crying and calling George Floyd a righteous man. And I'll be showing this on my program tomorrow, uh, Calvary, uh, Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill, James Cadiz. Uh, I'm looking to see that. I never heard from Brian in regards to it. And this is what Brian said on a video. Um, but, but before we get to that video, I do want to say this. Interestingly enough, the, the, the church is split over whether or not we should be in politics mm -hmm. or we should be contending. There's 1.7 million signatures that have been verified, and now it's official. And here's the headline, Fox News. Uh, the recall has been verified. It's official. 1.7 million Californians are so dissatisfied that they're coming out against uh, Governor Newsom. Now, uh, granted, the legislature will probably slow walk it. Uh, I imagine he's got a couple of tricks up his sleeve that he's going to try to avoid that. But does the church bow to a tyrant like that? And 1.7 million Californians, we don't know what their faith is, but what they're simply saying is we've lost our businesses, our schools have been shuttered, our elderly have died alone, our abused have been quarantined with their abusers, they've devastated our economy, all for a virus that has well over a 99% survival rate that is anything even remotely close to a pandemic. It isn't. And, and most of the deaths, 6% listed by the CDC, were strictly from, the rest were with COVID, with two to three, 2.9 comorbidities per death. Mm -hmm. So it could have been anything. So less than 6% or 6 of the deaths stated by the CDC are strictly from COVID. You know, the thing, though, is like almost 14 months ago when, or 15 months ago, we stopped kind of quoting the numbers yeah. because the numbers didn't seem to change... Yeah. The facts yeah. or the opinions. No. It's like we said, guy, the numbers are going like this, and everybody's still marching forward like we're on World War III or something like that. Right. You know? And in the midst of this battle, uh, and, and this video I'm about to show you momentarily, he calls me out for calling him out. Mm -hmm. now, that's fine. Fair enough. And honestly, I didn't know he was calling me out. Mm -hmm. I, we just started this. Uh, YouTube channel, and I think at the time we had 100 subscribers. And I'm yeah. thinking, why is he, why, he's not calling me out. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't even know me from yeah. Adam. Yeah. This is Brian Roberson. Yeah. He oversees Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa flagship. Yeah. yeah. It was me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, don't you have a better, anything better to do than to watch our program? But check this out. This is, uh, this, this was him on K Wave and uh, two of his assistants, and they're discussing all of uh, what I did to him. So check it out. Here's the clip. Anyway, so before we get to the uh, phone calls, Pastor Brian wants to uh, yeah, you know, address something. I wanted to address something. Um, somebody sent me um, a YouTube interview video sort of a thing today. And it was a pastor um, doing an interview, and he was stating that Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa 
uh, supports Black Lives Matter. And I thought, really? I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. I didn't know that we supported Black Lives Matter. Where does this guy come up with this stuff? And, you know, this guy knows me. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. The movement. Yeah, I want to clarify that in a second. Uh, The organization is a better way to, uh, you know, speak about it. But anyway, so this guy knows me. Uh, He doesn't call me to ask me a question about anything. He just goes on YouTube. And, and basically makes this accusation against our church. And so I want to set the record straight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a, a disgruntled person who recently made a video, a person who grew up at the church here who's, you know, upset about a number of different things. But, you know, kind, kind of similar sort of accusations. So, so I just want to go on the record, and I want to clarify this, that I... support the statement Black Lives Matter and the sentiment Black Lives Matter. I equally do not support the organization Black Lives Matter. Okay. Completely different situation here. And I think that people are are, are blurring the lines here. Um, The organization Black Lives Matter... um, you know, doesn't stand as much for black lives as it's the title of the organization implies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that they have an agenda that is uh, pro-LGBT, pro-transgender, anti-family, and essentially anti-America. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a heavy Marxist component to that. Now, I have known this for years. Some people are sending me things like, hey, you got to read this. It's like, this is old news. I've known mm-hmm. this for a long time. I've never... Uh, for one second, supported the organization Black Lives Matter. But I think it's important at this moment in history that white Christians affirm that, yes, black lives do matter. Mm -hmm. Black people matter. Black Christians matter. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's my position. That's position of our church. And um, I think that's position of Jesus. I'm going to speak for Jesus right now, too. That's his his position. And so, um, I, you know, because it's all this hearsay, you mm-hmm. know, it's just all these all, you know, so supposedly on our website, we're supporting black life. Now, like I told you. Pastor James Cadiz, these are his words, Pastor James Cadiz, uh, tomorrow morning for 15 to 20 minutes, and he's got a YouTube channel. You can take a look at it, Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. He states, I have video of Pastor Brian Broderson marching side by side for social justice, no mass, no social distancing, another of him going on and on about white privilege, and even one of him crying, uh, calling George Floyd a righteous man. So I haven't seen it. I'm interested in tuning in and seeing what James has. James has always told the truth as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I love what Brian Broderson said in that clip. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some regards, in others, I'm a little suspect by the language. It it seemed to be subtle. Um, But I'm struggling because um, it was either today or yesterday. Uh, and, And talk about you're coming out and you're attacking. You got to see this clip. This was yesterday in front of. This is his training, and he's got Ed Stetzer coming out uh, to train his his team, 
And this, I think, is one of his mentors. That's what I've been told. Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. It's their staff development day meeting. Um, but, but this is him speaking. And, and now when he's talking, keep in mind, you got Pastor Mike McClure, Calvary Chapel, San Jose, facing over $2 million in fines. Um, I, I, I was threatened as were a thousand of our congregants and given uh, $1,500 $1, $1, a, a, a Sunday fines, yeah. but we'd accumulated over yeah. hundreds of thousands and legal bills on and on. Never heard a, hey, I'm with you, I'm supporting you, I'm encouraging you. Um, John MacArthur facing all this, never got a call, no encouragement, neither's Mike, no one's gotten any calls from Costa Mesa, hey brother, we're with you. Mm -hmm. um, no, no, this is, this is what we got. Take, take a look at this clip. This was troubling to me. I'm afraid that some Christians were more concerned with making sure that no one was trampling on their rights than was showing love to their neighbor by complying with pandemic restrictions and guidelines. Now, that's just a fact. That's a reality that some people don't even want to think about, but it is true. You know, it's, it's a sad moment, truly, when there's a crisis in the world and there's a lack of leadership and you would hope that the church could rise to the occasion and show people God's way, this is a, an opportune moment. Moments like these don't come along all that often. But what's happened during this moment? That for many they're more convinced than ever that they don't want to have anything to do with the church or Christians because of the way they saw Christians behaving during this pandemic. With all of the insistence on my rights. You're not going to mess with my rights. You're not going to trample my rights underfoot. Well, listen, if Jesus would have thought that way, none of us would ever be saved. If Paul would have thought that way, the gospel never would have gone anywhere outside of the, the small boundaries of Judaism. And in our day and age, if the gospel is going to advance, we've got to lay down our lives and sometimes our rights as well for the benefit of others. Unbelievable. The Apostle Paul did invoke his rights as a Roman citizen, so I don't know where he came up with that. Yeah. Um, and he's calling us wrong. Yeah. I would say if you interviewed the last two sets of people that got baptized at our church, and I know the one, the next baptism that's coming up, I think August 14th, we're going to have a lot of very unique people. People have never... Never darkened the doors of a church. church. Jewish people. Do, I mean, we're going to have yeah. some incredible... We, come and watch our baptism on the middle of August and then say if the church, God speak, hasn't led people to Jesus, either through their businesses, the Constitution, through hearing the truth, they're coming in droves. I, I would say to Pastor Brian, um, your assumption is completely wrong. We have never seen a greater harvest of souls 
yeah. than in this season. Yeah. It's not transfer growth, Pastor Brian. This is these are these are people who've never darkened the doors of our church. We baptized more people in six months than the population of the church was six months ago. Yeah. And these are folks that have never darkened the doors of a church. Yeah. And they are so thankful yeah. that we are contending for their children, for their businesses, for their community, for their elderly. They're, they're happy that we're contending for the abuse and it's coming at a price. We're, we're being persecuted and he's tagging on us. Yeah. I'm, I, I, never has he given a call to Mike, nor me, nor anyone else. Yeah. And, and it, this is, it, it, it's as though he's the victim, and I, I'm stunned by it. And then today, he's having Ed Stetzer come and talk. Now, that, this guy is CRT du jour. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, this is the Russell Moore, this is the Tim Keller, this is the, this is the worst of the worst in what Vody Bachman has pointed out as the fault lines. Mm-hmm. And Ed Stetzer claims himself to be an expert church planter. Stetzer's never, ever successfully planted a church. And he's telling John MacArthur, you, you shouldn't be delving into medicine. You, you, you have no reason doing that in one of his tweets. I have a copy of it. And then he goes on to talk about how he's qualified to talk about the CDC and quotes them. And he's tagging on John, Pastor John, for quoting CDC. It, it's, it, it is just hypocritical. They are pawns, and they think that, the, that, that, that peace is the absence of conflict, and somehow the gospel's compromised because standing upon inalienable rights for the sake of setting the captives free and contending for the First Amendment is, a, is, is something that would stifle the, the, the movement of the gospel. Yeah. 80, 80 cents plus of every dollar in evangelism comes from the United States of America. A government conceived with the proposition that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with inalienable rights. And, and that is now in danger. And he's saying we're supposed to surrender those to tyranny and not contend with it. Where do you get that scripturally? Mm-hmm. Where do you, I am stunned by that. And by the way, he is, he is overseeing what was once, and now it's just, there's not many people there, from what I understand. It, it was once the flagship of the Calvary Chapel movement, and these are the words of the founding pastor, Chuck Smith, his father-in-law, listened to Chuck speaking about how you deal with tyranny. And they knew that they had Daniel, that Daniel would not uh, actually bow to the decree because it involved his own spiritual convictions. When is it proper for a Christian to uh, violate the law when the laws violate my Christian convictions? When to obey that law would be to violate my Christian convictions. When Peter was commanded by the rulers not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus, He said, whether it is right in your sight to obey God or obey man, you can judge. But as for us, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, we're not going to obey your edict because that violates my commitment unto God. 
And so my convictions and my commitment to God are the top priority in my life. And should laws be established that would violate my convictions towards God, then I must obey God rather than man. And in that case, it is right for the Christian to be disorderly as far as the worldly government is concerned because of the violation of my commitment to the Lord and convictions. Well, Pastor Brian, that's Pastor Chuck, and and you love him as do all of us. And I, I don't question your faith. I don't question your love for the Lord. I don't question uh, any of that. But I would say, Brian, Pastor Brian, I, I have tried to get in touch with you to no avail. Call me. My staff knows the minute you call, they will give you my cell number. As a matter of fact, call Rob Salvato. He'll give you my cell number. I asked him for yours. He won't give that out, and others I've asked is for yourself, they won't give it out. Fair enough. They're protecting, and they should. They're good friends. But I want to say to you, please, I am willing to sit here with you. Let's talk about this because, honestly, we need to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And, and that statement of your discipleship out of Corinthians, you know, blanketing all of us is just not fair any, any more than what I did was fair to you. And so please come and sit. Let's reason together. Let's work through this. Let, let's, let's allow folks to see that we're not on opposite sides. Now, there will be areas that we're, we're going to be in, have differences on, but let's defend them biblically and show folks our position scripturally. Uh, the Apostle Paul did contend for his citizenship. He did invoke his citizenship. And, and the idea, Jesus contended with government officials who were in the wrong, as did John the Baptist, as did Daniel. We can go on and on about this. But this is your quote, Pastor Brian. Take a look, folks. This is, this is Pastor Brian's quote. Even if we may have Scripture on our side, for love's sake, we should choose, if need be, not to exercise our rights, knowing it's for the benefit of others. What about exercising our rights for the benefit of others? for the abused who've been quarantined with their abusers, for the children whose schools have been shuttered when more children have drowned in bathtubs than have died of COVID. What about contending for our rights that the government's authority stops where our skin begins and a mandatory experimental vaccine that has killed more people than all vaccine deaths combined since 1987 and watching as there are segments of our population age groups that have had more deaths to the vaccine than they've had from COVID. What about, what about standing upon those rights for the sake of people we love? Are they mutually exclusive? I, really, I would really want to sit with you. A friend of mine, a pastor in the Calvary Chapels, uh, has written this response to you, and he sent this letter to you, and I, I'm going to read it so everyone knows that, that you received it, and, and, uh, and I'll wait until you've received it before I state the person's name. Uh, that way it can remain private in that regard. But here, here is what a pastor uh, wrote in response to that message that you just gave, and here it is. 
Pastor Brian alleges that some of us were more concerned about our rights than we were about showing love to our neighbor by complying with pandemic restrictions and guidelines. First, his insistence that not only complying with pandemic restrictions would be loving our neighbor is outrageously flawed, profoundly stupid, actually. Brian has judged those of us who defied our governors as doing so for selfish reasons. He presumed to know our hearts and our motivations. According to Broderson's Real leadership means submitting and complying with government officials' violations of law. That to challenge a governor in court with the law and to hold public officials accountable was a lack of leadership. Apparently, he cannot imagine that love and courage could compel a pastor to engage in civil disobedience. Love for God that would motivate a pastor to defy the unconstitutional and unjustifiable demand that churches not gather in the name of Christ and love for our neighbor as ourselves that would compel us to stand against officials who presume to have the power to order our neighbors to house arrest and to financial ruin. Brian is unaware that love could compel a pastor to be willing to suffer for the sake of the church that he stewards. That stewardship of the nation and our constitution also requires love. The kind of love that makes one willing to be mocked in the public square and subject to arrest and fines. I must say that the most unloving and cowardly thing for a shepherd to do was for him to comply with the unconstitutional and unjustifiable restrictions placed on Christ's church. Brian Broderson and every pastor like-minded with him in this matter need to be rebuked and indicted and bl as blind guides who have no ability to recognize the wrong being done to their neighbors by their elected officials. Broderson claim, Broderson's claim that pastors who defied tyranny were selfishly concerned about their rights was as shamefully absurd as his presumption that the tyrants that were harming our neighbors were motivated by love for our neighbors. Brian Broderson thinks better of Gavin Newsom than he does of Pastor Michael McClure. He attributes love to one and selfishness to his brother. I, I, I have to tell you, Pastor Brian, um, on the surface, I'm in full agreement with that response. It hurts. It hurts what, what you said. And, and we've been facing fines. I've never gotten a call from you. I don't, I don't, Mike hasn't. I know that uh, Pastor Ken Graves hasn't. All of us are in lawsuits across the country. And, and, and all of us are facing this. John Randall, maybe you've called him. And, and, and Joe Pettick. All of us are facing these grievous attacks on, on our communities. I, I was a city council member and I resigned facing censorship because they declared the church to be non-essential. The bride of Christ, non-essential. What governor has the right to do that? And, and you're calling us out and not standing in opposition, and you march in these. It, apparently, that's, that's, I have to be careful with that one because I haven't seen the video, but that is from the mouth, uh, and, and, and that, is, that is his statement. Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill, James Cadiz, Pastor James Cadiz. He'll show it tomorrow, 15 to 20 minutes. That's neither here nor there. Whether you did or you didn't, I'm only going to address the issue between you and me. And please call me. Please call me. And, and my staff will put you directly in touch with me. And let's sit down and let folks see that you are a man who loves the Lord. You are a man who loves your sheep. But let's contend over these issues so that we can come to an understanding and, and scripturally show them why we, we hold to what we hold to. And listen, it's not the first time I've sat with someone of opposing ideas. Uh, 
Move out. Pastor, yeah, Pastor Broderick <laughs> Huggins. I mean, yeah. I, I mean we, we've had uh, Reinette Senum, uh, you know, a liberal lesbian mayor of Nevada City. We, we, we had a great conversation. This Sunday I've got uh, James, James Lindsay, an atheist coming. I, 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 trust me, I, we'll get along really well. And, and I don't want to cause this to, let's work this out. Because folks across the country need to know why you believe what you believe and why you feel that way about me. And I need to describe to them why I'm standing on these principles and contend with you. And let's let them see what the scriptures have to say. Please come. I welcome you. And, and I'll tell you what, I'll even drive your direction. Uh, you don't have to drive all the way up from Costa Mesa. I'll fight the traffic. I'll do all the work. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wear whatever you want. Uh, be wherever you need me to be. I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you dinner. Um, I'll pay you an honorarium and I'll come to your place. How's that? Just let me know. Yeah. Because uh, for, for us fighting, that just doesn't make any sense. So, Pastor Brian Broderson, may God bless you, encourage you, and bring you the joy of sitting with me and bring me the joy of sitting with you. I wish that for both of us and for the body of Christ. And so with that, I want to say goodnight to everybody. And Pastor Brian... This blessing is for you tonight, and it's our tradition, and I want it to go to you. Pastor Brian, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And I look forward to your call. Folks, thanks for joining us tonight. Reach out to Pastor Brian if you know him. Tell him to take me up on my offer. Tell him I, I don't bite. I'm a sweet guy. Is that a lie? No, and we need shepherds. <laughs> yeah. We need shepherds out there. Amen. So, Amen. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in every single night, being so faithful. Uh, and this is just the way we got to work through these things. And, and we got we got a republic to save because this is the last vestige of freedom on the face of the earth as far as governments are concerned. And, you know, we do see in Acts 17 that God appointed those boundaries, and we are contending for ideology. And so that's what we do every night. So thank you so much. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everyone. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at TheVintageMcCoy. We'll see you there.